you want to describe to the listeners what happened in the last it's episode? It's very simple. We had we had uh, so we had two big segments in the last video. First was the axe one, which is going to come out, mm-hmm. and then the next part was me talking about plugins and downloading, which was a big experience for me in my shitty life. It was a big experience. And what the, can, what are these plugins? Can you just describe what they are? But you are you just going to try and maybe do the whole segment again? Lebo wants to do the whole segment again, but it's gone. It's over. You can't recreate magic. But it's know? here's the thing: we recorded something, it, the file got corrupted. It's now gone. I don't even know if it was a good segment, but even I was very curious to see how it came out because I think there were a lot of things that I'm interested in that we touched on at the time. And you're not willing to re-record and have the same conversation over again. There were no, I'm going to have the same conversation. There were a lot of things which I thought maybe were very funny, and then mm-hmm. there were also your reactions to things, your first time reactions to things that I thought were maybe quite you interesting. You don't think I have it in me to fake it and like act like I'm hearing it for the first time again? No, I'm, I'm offended whole, by this. The whole ethos of a podcast is that it's organic and natural, and 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 that and that, and that conversation. But was we can. The thing is, we can give the illusion. That it's organic and natural. The listeners don't need to know whether this is the first, second, or third time we've had this conversation. People, people aren't interested in illusions. That's why more people listen to podcasts than they do listen to radio documentaries. You can go on the BBC app and listen to an actual documentary. It probably be shy. BBC shy but you can find documentaries that people have worked hard on, scripted, you know, researched the topic. But no one wants to listen to that. They just want to listen to a couple of idiots rambling because people are lonely people are fundamentally lonely mm. i mean it's a whole it's a that's a whole other topic but if we maintain the illusion that we're a couple of idiots rambling even if we've pre-scripted or pre-planned what we're going to say surely the endpoint user the listener will have the same experience should, should we just tell the listeners about the conversation we had in the last uh, so it was a conversation. I'm going to tell the listeners. About so we had this conversation because I'd been downloading a bunch of plugins. Plugins, if you don't know, they make music on the computer. Just Google it. MIDI plugins for making music. I downloaded like thousands of dollars worth of plugins. And I was very impressed because this guy, he was describing all of the different plugins that he downloaded. Some yeah. of them are worth like five hundred pounds, eight hundred pounds, three hundred pounds. All added together, this guy pirated so much stuff that I just thought, this is just next level crimes. This is so impressive. It was thousands of dollars. It was sample libraries. It was synths. It was all that kind of shit. And then the interesting part was like, I was talking about how it was bad for me. Like I was the real victim there because... You were the real victim of the crime where you'd stole thousands of dollars worth but of software But the thing is, I think it was a very unhealthy thing. I was talking about how unhealthy it was to just accumulate stuff, especially when it relates to a creative hobby. Mm-hmm. This is what I was wondering. That I don't know, it will, did we actually examine that? Because it's an interesting topic, right? The, the act of like a creative thing, like making music and just accumulating all this shit. But I t- this, is, like this, a, is something, a... this is something we've discussed thematically before. In the episode when we were talking about tech bros, and when uh, we were talking about when yes. tech bros get into any hobby, the first thing they do is they don't care about the creativity or the art. All they care about is the equipment, or in your case, the plugins. Well, here's, here's, it's the here's, same here's, thing. Here's a whole new topic. Like I would say this, 
recently I was looking for like a pair of headphones. Like I was thinking, should I give myself a nice pair of headphones? And let me just say, I detest the audiophile community. I detest them. I think they literally, I literally think this, this is going to sound like I'm trying to insult them, but it's not. I literally think this. I literally think that the audio, in case you don't know what an audiophile is, it's a person who's really into like headphones. Sound systems, hi-fi systems, systems, anything to do with projecting sound out of a technical machine. I literally, I truly, honestly believe this. Most audiophiles are tone deaf. I think they're genuinely tone deaf. And I I think that. I I genuinely (laughs) believe. No, don't laugh, because it sounds like I'm trying to insult them. I genuinely believe that people who literally have no, no musicality in them whatsoever, to the point where they can't even appreciate music, just enjoy it, music. They're almost autistically attracted to like headphones and amps and stuff as a kind of substitute for some deep lack, some deep philosophical lack within themselves to appreciate actual music. Mm. And it, I mean, and and, and, and also what, what what annoys me, and you know, I hate this. But like before everyone... you move on, how did you come to this conclusion? What have you seen? Like, what makes what makes you think this? Well, I was looking. I was looking for a pair of headphones, right? Yeah. And I, so I you start looking something... around for reviews. That's the first the only thing, thing do, that, right? Yes, you look at reviews. You look at things, and I'm just just the way they act. But then also the fact that they will go by frequency response graphs. So a frequency response graph is like you measure how high the volume is of a headphone at each frequency. And so you look at the graph and everyone's like, oh, this is very straight line. That means that honest is very good because it represents sound, honestly. And everyone gets fixated on these frequency response graphs. And there's a lot of other ways that music can be represented, right? Mm -hmm. Like the sound stage, does the music sound near? Does it sound far? You know, does the music have like, is like the is like the headphone very quick? Does it like represent music quick and fade off? But people are like this; they have this this obsession with the frequency response graphs, and, and to the point where I think they literally like. And I, I understand. It, it. Here's here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I understand the problem, right? Talking about music, right? It's really hard, and with headphones, you you're talking about like a representation of music. Right? It's like dancing about architecture as the quote comes. But, but, but the absurd thing about like the, the audio file stuff is like you can wade through hours of YouTube videos, you can go through hundreds of fucking posts, and not a single person actually talks about music, about a song they listen to. There were two, there was oh, a clarity, analytical. There's a, there's a peak at 5K. Oh, there's a mid hump in the bass. Oh, there's a fucking. Um, uh, it's it's very neutral, it's very pronounced here. And not a single time did they actually say, when I was listening to this song, the mm-hmm. bass was a little bit wobbly than it is in these other headphones. So it's and never in the context of music. It's almost never. as if they've they've taken this thing that's associated with music and just examined it on its own and Mate, only I, looked at the technical capabilities. It's yes, it's absolutely absurd. Completely divorced watch, from music. I watched the YouTube video. And I wanted to fucking reach into my computer monitor and fucking choke the cunt. Because <laughs> this guy, he sounded, he sounded, he sounded like... Oh, dear. Like, he sounded like he knew what he was talking about. He's sitting there, he's got his hype, he's an American guy, he's sitting there, he looks like a nerd, he'd be working in a shop, you trust him to know what he's talking about. 
And he's speaking like, very authoritatively. No, he's not even authoritative. He's just got a nice, friendly tone, and he seems like genuine and everything. And he's got a soft, focused background, high production values, but like a hundred something thousand subscribers. You mm -hmm. trust the guy, and I'm watching this guy, and I'm waiting for him to say something fucking relevant, something that gives me insight. He went for twenty minutes throwing all the fucking buzzwords at me, the, the clarity and the neutrality and the hump and the mid-hump. I wanted to reach and say, what fucking mid-hump you can? Tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me what you was listening to and how it sounded when you noticed the mid-hump. Tell me, explain to me in terms of music what you mean by clarity, right? Yeah. Are, you listening, are you listening to fucking like Oasis and hearing clarity? Because that's not good. That's a messy, mm. that's a distorted guitar. I want clarity. To explain to me. I seriously, it makes me so angry. Oh, so the audiophile community are just a I bunch just of. Get a pair of they're I just, just ignorant. They just, they just don't know anything about music. They're tone deaf. Is your conclusion? They don't care they're about. They don't care about music. Yes. And and I mean, it's absurd. It's absurd. And I really, it really. Um, depresses me when you just see thousands and thousands of people just parroting what each other is saying mm -hmm. and you know for a fact none of them are actually thinking and coming up with their own opinions it's just yeah. become like a blanket and it is it, and with stuff like the audio folk community you really see how everyone just kind of because if you're sincere other. if you're sincere you would talk about the music right if you you understand what i'm saying the band yeah totally totally like i'd be saying oh when I was listening to Led Zeppelin on these headphones, I heard this bit, which I've never really noticed a lot before, but now I noticed it. Simple. But the problem with that is, right, you sound like an idiot when you talk about music. And you sound smart when you're just going with a gobbledygook. Wait, you know? wait, don't don't jump over that so quickly. So why would you sound like an idiot if you talk about the music? Well, what sounds smart to you? If I said, hey, these headphones, they have a pronounced mid-bass hump, but they're quite analytical uh, over 10k hertz so even though the the mids don't like that does that sound right and then i go when i was listening to oasis the guitar sounded a bit like dry <laughs> than i've heard before I because mean, then everyone's like oh you're listening to oasis oh fuck you then you open yourself up to music criticism which we all uh, have established is it uh, but then but also it just sounds dumb it sounds amateurish right but that's actually what I want to hear. It would give me a lot more insight into the headphones. If you fucking... But yeah. I think I think with audio, you can try to you can try yeah. to look as many reviews as you want. You can look at you can go on any as many forums as you want and start posting questions and asking people. And none of what they say will yeah. mean anything to you, even if they were to describe it using music as the context. It's very hard, because, I know that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to tell anything unless you go to a shop and put it on and listen to it yourself. So, Which is the problem. Like, Which is the problem. The internet is not the place to... I, I think it's an absolutely wish, pointless endeavour. I really wish there was a shop I could go to, listen to like these different models and make my own mind up. But, you know, it's not even a bad... I mean, I think a lot of people end up falling into the audiophile community. They're not really looking to, like, enhance the music listening experience or so they can mix or do anything better. They literally, it's just a community. It's just a community. It's just a bunch of people they can talk to. It's something they can read every day. Mm. And yeah, I, just popped in, I just popped in to get some recommendations. And, and then you saw a cesspool that horrified you. 
Mate, I know that the other folks get this book of shit. For years they've talked about IEMs. You know what IEMs are? What's an IEM? IEM. So you have regular earbuds, which are just like they sit on your ear, they're flat. And IEMs are in-ear monitors that you go into your ear and they seal, right? Okay. Which are very popular. You know the type I'm talking about. Yes. There's regular earbuds, the old-fashioned style, and IEMs. IEMs are unanimously shit. They are unanimously shit. And I was going to, I was even thinking, I swear to God, I was literally thinking of making a YouTube video mm -hmm. explaining why IEMs are fundamentally shit. They're a fundamentally terrible way to represent sound. The worst of, of all possible worlds. And is this, um, is it, would this have been a controversial start yes, in the audio file community? It would absolutely ruffled feathers, yeah, because they love their fucking IEMs. Meanwhile, earbuds, which are regarded as this old, outdated design, are a million times better. A million mm. times better. And I tell you why, because they're open. And you know what's hilarious? Let me tell you something that's hilarious about it. They've only recently, only recently, have people actually begun to understand that open backed headphones. Now, open backed headphones are like if you wear big over ear headphones, they can have a closed cup so they're sealed, mm -hmm. so no one else hears it. Or they can be open backed, mm -hmm. which means that the sound also can escape, right? It leaks out, yeah. Only recently have people realized that open back headphones sound way more natural, way better than closed back headphones. And it wasn't even the audiophiles who made this revolutionary discovery. It was gamers mm -hmm. who would, who play games and they need to hear where the footsteps are. And so they have a very like real world use case for audio quality and placing instruments or sounds. Mm -hmm. So everyone's flocked to open back. Meanwhile, I remember for fucking decades, audio files, people cunts on HeadFi and, and fucking YouTube recommending closed back headphones for people who want to do like professional audio work. Ludicrous bunch of people. I want to throw them all in a pit and I will, <laughs> and I will, and I will fucking shovel the soil over. I will bury them all alive myself. <laughs> Can you can you please please make this YouTube video where you spend five minutes telling them about IEMs being pointless and then uh, closed back versus open back uh, headphones. Oh, the closed back open back has been sorted. Like gamers yeah. are already. The irony is that gamers like because mm -hmm. they have a real world use case for it, so they've conclusively. Okay, well then bed. do the I please make the IEM rant, and I just want to see you. I just want to see you get cancelled by the audiophile community so that for the rest of your life, every time you go to like a shop where they sell audio equipment, they recognise you immediately and they ask you to leave the shop. I just Do you think that, they would? Oh my God. Would, yeah. Every single one of them would memorise your face and they'd like, you'd you'd have thousands of comments disagreeing with you and everybody just tearing you down. What and you'd be... You'd be chased from town to town. They'd refuse to let you leave, live in peace. But here's the thing. Uh, you know why? Why I did? Why I didn't make the video? Because I'm not going to make a video about that nuts yet. Please, um, please. I'd have to, to be me. very. That would be a very drunk evening for me to make that video. Please just just listen. Listen to the title for your YouTube video. Um, there's no point. There's no listen point. Up, really. Listen up, audio files. You're listen all full up. of shit. Listen up, audio files. <laughs> Um, you don't know what you're talking about. You're all idiots. But the, the problem is, if I made that video, it's nice to imagine anyone would see it. Nobody would see it. 
They well, get like three people viewing it, they downvote it immediately, and it would forever be buried. You know that's how the internet works now. But that's why you, know you have mean? to go to the forums. You have to go to the forums where these They'll weirdos out. hang out and then say to them, look, I posted this video about you people, and you got to know this. <laughs> Man, we don't even... Liban, you there? Yeah, I'm here, I'm here. Oh, sorry, if you think cross. Mate, we don't even promote this podcast. I'm not going to promote an incendiary video. It's gonna get me fucking death threats. I think you should do it. I think you should attack them where they live. Go go into the forums where they spend hours and hours comparing different headphones. How and... about this? How about this? How about this? Let's name this podcast. IEMs are fundamentally the most terrible way to represent sound. Yeah. Can we name the podcast that? Absolutely. Because we do need provocative titles. Listen, you like to go for very gentle titles. I think we need to go for very provocative titles. The one, all our podcasts with provocative titles have the most listens. Okay, all right. Listen, I'll do that, but I still would like you to make a YouTube video where you attack these people, and then for you to go, you you know, like um, I would have you know when them. journalists go behind enemy lines and yeah. they see how things are on the other side. That's what I want you to do. I want you to make this video and then go into the forums where they compare speakers and then just attack them and be like, you guys are full of shit. None of you can hear. You're all just pretending. The emperor is naked. None I of you none of you can tell the would. difference between this speaker and this speaker. You just think you can because you've got a lot of time and a lot of money on your hands. A lot. Of, I think a lot of them genuinely are turned down. Genuinely. It's not even an insight. I know it sounds like an insight. I genuinely think that. <laughs> uh, it's 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 really depresses me about humanity how many people just parrot what other people are saying mm. you know it's insane it's insane anyway let's move on from this topic because i will just go around this circle say the same okay I, I would i would i would do that i would do that i would have no problem attacking these people i have full full faith in my own beliefs and understanding <laughs> you know basic sound principles are on my side Yes, and and the hilarious thing, the hilarious thing is that these people are being taken for a ride because big companies love these cunts. Like big companies have been selling these cunts two hundred dollar IEMs for years because they 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 you know, which is bad for people like me who actually have a pair of ears and, and want to hear the difference. <laughs> um, I've got to say one thing. I like. I'm glad that uh, to, to disagree with you. I'm very glad that the uh, closed back ones are the ones that have taken off and are popular just because when I'm on a bus or when I'm on a train, I don't oh, want to yeah, be, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be hearing other people's music. So I'm Mate. like the fact that this is the way that it's gone. Like that's the avenue that people went down and developed. I'm more than happy with that because there's already plenty of loud music in you the always world. You don't both. need any more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always have both. And in fact, the reason that the Audiophile community recommended them as studio monitors is that they are actually used in studios as closed back ones because if you're a musician and you're playing like a guitar in a sound booth you have to hear the music mm -hmm. but you don't want it to bleed into the mic yes so they use them in the studio so it doesn't bleed the music out which is mm -hmm. understandable but yeah. when you're if you're actually mixing something you want it to sound like it's coming from speakers and the closest you're going to get to speakers is open back because the All right. Sound well, let's keep those breathe. let's keep those open backs in the sound mixing studios, Both Johnny. Yeah. And then Both in the world, let's keep let's stick with the closed ones because I don't want to be hearing people's bullshit. No, absolutely. And look, IEMs. If you want to block out the the world, absolutely, IEMs are going to isolate sound. But look, if you all you're obsessed about sound quality, which apparently all your files are, 
which I won, you know, you've got to go further back and you've got to get earbuds if you're going to go very small for stuff. But it's, it's all Let's fine, go even man. further back. Let's get get a phonograph just to like play the actual wax cylinder. Why, why, are, we, why are we fucking mate, about with the digital stuff? Let's go fully analogue from the 1920s. I genuinely think I could uh, make a great pair of headphones. There's a, there's a classic pair. You see the ones I How wear? can you say that? That's the dumbest thing. You've never What's the dumbest in your thing? life. What's the dumbest thing? How have, you've, never, you've got no engineering experience. You've, you've never built a thing in your life. How are you sitting there and looking me in the, my eyes, looking me in my eyes and trying to tell me that you think you can build great headphones? Do you see what I'm wearing? I'm wearing the KSC 75s, the Cost KSC 75. How arrogant. How Listen, arrogant. The, the Cost KSC 75s. Everyone knows what these are. And these are actually beloved. And they've been beloved for years. They're like 30 yeah, years. You didn't headphones. make them. You didn't make them. They're not I yours. didn't make them. But you know why they're good? It's got nothing to do with the driver being like a $100 driver and a $15 pair of headphones, right? The only reason, here's, here's why they work. And no one actually thinks about why they, they sound so good. They sound good because they literally clip onto your ears. There is no frame. There is literally just a tiny little bits of flat plastic to reverberate on. They're about as open as a, as a headphone can get. They're literally just the driver dangling on your ear, right? So all you'd have to do is take this model. Right? I mean, it's actually this is actually how like studio speakers work. Because in a speaker, the, the, the actual like transducer is suspended. Listen, I'm not here for a lesson. I'm not here for a lesson in acoustics, bro. You're boring me. The only thing I, the only thing I care about is your claim that you think you can build headphones. I would absolutely build a pair. I would take. I would take basically a nice driver like the ones in the KC seventy five. No, they don't have to be the best because they're not the best in these anyway. I would take that, and instead of using plastic, I would just test various materials and see which one has the nicest reverberation quality. I don't think even people think about the echoes they're getting You're from the cases. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. And and instead instead of cheap instead of cheap instead of cheap farm i would maybe you're not gonna make any money doing that you're gonna be one of those guys in their shed with their nobody you never you won't make a penny in your life mate you're gonna throw tens of thousands of dollars into this crazy project you're right and, and everybody's just gonna be like oh stay away from johnny he's that crazy guy who lives in the shed trying to revolutionize headphones you're right you're completely right you know why you're right it would have nothing to do with the quality of the headphones that are lovingly made. <laughs> it would have to do with the fact that the world is unfortunately populated by a bunch of tone-deaf morons who just parrot <laughs> on each other's sets. That's why I wouldn't make any money. All right, all right. But, you know. All right, well. All right, that was decent. We got a good 20 minutes out of that. I love that. I love how we started this focus here. We don't have anything to talk about in it. Just that's need to get me going on something. But that's what I'm saying. We don't need, like, it'll come. Just wait for it patiently and it'll come. Yeah, but I detest the audio file community. I genuinely hate them. But anyway, the topic we were talking about last thing that got mm -hmm. lost. The audio, yeah. What else would we say? So I pirated all this stuff and I was just talking about how it's terrible to have all this shit. Mm -hmm. it was, it's really bad. And actually, it's much nicer to be completely limited. Mm -hmm. Right? If I only had one. If I wasn't able to pirate, I'd literally be better off. Because you'd have to spend money on buying one plugin, and then you'd like get to know yeah, that well, there's one. Like, there's, there's perfectly good free ones out there. There are free ones out there that are sensational. I mean, if you if piracy wasn't an option, you had to do it for free. Oh, it'd be brilliant actually, because there's so many good free things that have been done. But, you know, 
So you're the victim. Yeah, that's what, but, but that's the conclusion you came to last week is that that's you're really, the victim of uh, how I'm easily all of these softwares are to pirate. And in a way, we're all the victim. We're all the victim. Are we? I think that we were better off when we had massive limitations on being creative. And now that you can literally, you know, you have more power at your hands making music or something than even the highest, toppest celebrity had in 1975. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I I think that was actually good to be, like, completely limited with music, you know? That's an opinion. So many... So many of like fantastic sub underground musical styles came about because of limitations. So you think about punk music, shitty sounding guitars played poorly, right? Or you think about hip hop, cheap drum machines being used, you know, and just people having to rap over repetitive beats because they or they could in the early days because they couldn't even make the beats themselves. They just take the record, scratch and the beats it, up, yeah. Yeah, or like even reggae. Reggae, the sound of reggae is like solid state amps, which are cheaper than tube things because they couldn't afford like the tube amps. You are such a nerd. You are such a nerd. How do you? How do you? Interesting. Don't what you? do you do? Like, do you just sit around reading about musical history? Did you? You didn't do a music degree. You just. How do you have this encyclopedic knowledge of music? Now? I don't have an encyclopedic. Can we just what, explore punk, that for a second? What, what, like the punk music. Wait a minute. What did exactly did I say? You're talking off the top of your head. You've got no notes. You've got no like prep. This is just stuff that's coming out of your mouth, and how you're just going re- from <laughs> sentence to sentence, talking to me about reggae tubes and talking to me about fucking. because well, I like guitars. I like it. I like play guitar. I play a bit of guitar. So I know that it's not that advanced knowledge. Listen, if you were to talk about. Editing software. I'm so sure you could give me. Yeah, because that's my job. That's my career. You are not a professional musician, bro. I hate to break it to you. If I was to ask you about '90s R&B and the development of various artists throughout the '90s, you could give me. You could sound like an expert, mastermind, (laughs) right? Potentially, but I just I'm sometimes like uh, kind of freaked out by how all of these words just come out of you. I just like music, man. I love music. You love music. I hate these audio files, though. I hate you love music, files. but you hate the audio files. I hate the audio files, yes. But the interesting thing about the topic last week, we haven't mm-hmm. even got to it. The interesting mm-hmm. thing was when I was asking you, actually, about, yeah. like, all these tools. I don't even have puff. When I was asking you about all these tools... That essentially make music making very simple and kind of do all the work and theory. You don't have to learn anything. And I think the the way that I approached it was that I was considering it from the point of view of somebody who's already good, somebody who can actually build this everything manually, somebody who can play the piano, can play the drums, build the beats, produce an actually good song. For them, it's a massive shortcut so that they can focus on the creative side and they can, uh, you know, like they're not, they're taking a shortcut for something that they already can do. I think what I'd compare it to is, you know, those artists who, well, how do I describe it? Hold on. You know, there's certain artists who do like very big sculptures and they do like very big art pieces. 
Yeah. But they're they not doing they get helpers. They're not doing everything by hand themselves. They they've got people who build like frames, they've got people who build light in. They're basically they they're the creative mind behind it and then they're bringing it to reality with the use of helpers. Um is that wrong? Is that not okay? I disagree. I disagree. This this is what was interesting because last week I loaded it up and played a bit for you. Yes. And you could see, like I was talking about Playbox, right? I'm not going to load it up again. So it's basically, it's like a bunch of samples. Sorry. But, but, but it's, it's a bunch of samples, right? And it randomly mixes samples. It also gives you preset chords. You literally can't hear anything else except for eight white keys on your keyboard. You hit one key, it plays a chord, and each note in the chord is a different randomly selected sample. And you can just randomize it. And you can create these songs. And these samples are like, there are vocal lines in there with like multiple notes and tonalities. There's like instruments and stuff. And it, like the whole, the creative part is actually done for you. It's, it's more like a toy. You literally, probably in the name, but like you literally just load it up. You hit anything and you know it's going to sound good. Like, and it's going to just build the a whole song for you. But that's, I don't think that's the equivalent of like, having helpers i think that's more like but how would, a, how would a professional use it not just somebody who's messing about with it in their bedroom how would a, how would somebody who actually knows what they're doing and is a good music producer what ha, i don't think what, a good what one would, would, would this what would this toolbox add to them i don't think a good one would but i think like a lot of people getting into music a lot of people making music now they'd grab that they'd hit a few chords randomize until they get a sound and then they just put a beat to it and then it's like, oh, I've made it. I've made a song. And I just think it takes out. I mean, as a toy, fine. And I was saying then, like, if that was a toy, I was giving it to my kid. I would love to give it to my kid. I would have loved it when I was a kid. Absolutely mm -hmm. brilliant. But, like, it's a $200 plug-in, for fuck's sake. It's not being, it's not a toy that people are giving to their kids. It's like something that actual people are using yeah. to bypass the whole creative process and a good producer wouldn't i mean fucking timberland wouldn't even look at that in a million years timberland would, would look at making his own sounds you know yeah yeah but okay i think maybe you know this toy one is uh what's it called playbox mm -hmm. play toy what's it called playbox playbox all right that's sort of uh something taken to the extreme but i think if you come back a couple of steps from that the rest of the plugins are probably a bit more useful. True, but I think it's, I'll talk about because I think it's more a direction that I've noticed since I was downloading fuck tons of plugins. I'm swearing too much this episode, really. Bleep all this. Well, uh, we can't help it. The audio files got you riled up. They should have, they shouldn't That's have. True. That's true. It's very hot. It's 37 degrees. The, the, um, the, uh, I think it's a direction that I noticed a lot of the music production software is going towards. In fact, I was, I was telling you this in the chat, right? I noticed all the musical production software, more and more is either like big movie production stuff, like big dramatic drums and strings for movies. So it's like, and then like stuff for like trap producers. So it's like, here's how you do your beats and here's some samples to just layer over the top. It's like everyone just wants to do those two bits of music now those two styles of music well that's where the money is uh, I I imagine know, they're the I ones who are getting paid i know i know but i noticed that there's a lot more of those plugins that where they're kind of doing the work for you you know i think I that's a bit to... of a shame because the the whole i think one of the things that's really satisfying about any creative pursuit 
is yes. in the building, in the yes. overcoming of the problems, yes. is when you get stuck in a corner and you have to think your way out of it. And 100%. then at the end of it, you've got something that you're proud of, something that you can like look back on and think, I fucking made that. Hundred so percent. If if rather than a professional using it as one an, an asset in a toolbox, if it's used by amateurs to completely bypass the creative process, then I think yeah, then it's a bit of a shame. Then it's like, what's the yeah? Point? Like, what are you even I, doing? I think that's true in everything, right? It's like if you if you're building, if you're an architect, it actually benefits you to you know go on a building site and get your hands dirty and understand materials how materials look and feel and what the texture is and what kind of resonance they have, right? You, you're not going to deal with it. You're not going to build the building, but it, you have to have an understanding, right, the building blocks. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you're building sounds, you know, it's it's, it's really fun for me because I never knew, but I, I, I just play guitar when I'm making shows. I'm like, but now I'm, I'm learning a little bit. See, one of the most interesting things was when I downloaded, like, a sampler. And like you start seeing, oh shit! Like, this is how they made all these sounds in all these records. They take a song, they cut a bit, and then oh, it pitches it different ways. Oh, and actually, when you lay a sample, oh, actually, this is a really interesting way to get like all this harmonically complex stuff that you can't do in others. It was fascinating for me. It's still like I love playing with that stuff, man. You know, that sounds awesome. But, like, but if I just downloaded Playbox, it's like oh, it's all done for me already. It's all done for me already, mm. but but it was really it's really really a mass. You see what I'm saying? Can it's you like do me a favor? Um, yeah. Start a YouTube channel. So the first video is going to be your <laughs> attack on audio files, and then your second video on your YouTube channel is going to be attacking the developers of Playbox. Um, and then just right. and then just work your way through all of these people, just uh, one hit piece after another. I um, mean, this is, this is, genuinely sounds like a YouTube channel that could <laughs> grow very quickly. Just attacking. All you need to do is attack anybody in the audio industry and anybody in the music industry who's using these tools or using or talking in a certain way. And uh, yeah, controversy. You'll be you'll make millions. But yeah. That does actually sound like a good recipe for success <laughs> in the world, unfortunately. Just attacking different. No, but anyway. This is the BBC Alright, let's talk about Better Call Saul. Alright. Start the podcast now. It's showtime. Take show two. Time. Listen. Is there a TV show in the past two decades in the era of premium high quality TV in the shows. in the era of um what do they call it the golden golden era whatever of tv yeah. the golden whatever something the golden era of tv was fuck i've forgotten the name of that show what was that name of that show that old british show with the two men the three old dudes what? And they always used to get stuck in a bathtub rolling down a hill or something. What are oh, you talking last about? Last of the summer wine. <laughs> Do you remember that? You don't know that. You grew up. No, I, I remember they used to play the reruns on ITV. Yeah, I remember that cheesy ass show. So that was the golden era of telly for I years. bet their show last, holds up. Last I bet their the show is probably wine. right now. I, I haven't watched that in years. I'm just trying to remember like some, some naff old show they used to do. Um, so... Yes, is there a TV show in the era of high quality watching? prime TV? Sure, intense dramas, high sure. budget 
high budget, yeah. highly scripted, in great TV shows. Here's the question to you, Liban, and to the listeners. To Answer the listeners. Up. Pause the podcast here. An Think interactive about it. podcast. Mm. We haven't we haven't we haven't talked about this idea since the first episode. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. Hello, listener. How Hello, are you listener. today? Let me ask you. I'm looking at you now, the listener. Pause the podcast when I ask the question. Is there a TV show in the golden era of TV shows that has had a satisfying ending, do you think? Pause. And answer. And you're back again. Oh, very interesting answer. And you, Liban? Um, I don't think so. I I can't think of a show that's managed to stick the landing. Yeah. When I think why? when I think of all of the great dramas of the last 20 years, um, The Wire, the dodgy last season wasn't really a satisfying ending, even though it's one of my all-time favorite shows. Uh so The Sopranos, famously controversial yes, ending. Yes. Um uh, what else? What, what are the other big shows from the last 20? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. The last season was pretty silly. Lost. Like, Lost. Don't get me started. That fell off. Like, I loved Lost. Don't get me started on how much I loved Lost. But it after season three, it just went sideways. It was just a joke. But the ending, I know, everyone hated as well. But that was because everybody was stupid and they didn't quite understand the ending. Oh, so you think it had a good ending? It was. It didn't have a good ending, but people fundamentally misunderstood the ending and then they went on about it as if it was something it wasn't. That's, right, that's it, was, not, it was not a good ending. It was not a good ending, for sure. Line, it wasn't, right. it wasn't. Um, yeah, no TV show has had a, a great ending. Uh, Game why? of Thrones, famously. Game Terrible. of Thrones famously had two final seasons which everybody, like, Terrible. unanimously hated. Terrible. I watched that, my girlfriend. We watched it. And how did you find it? Well, it was fun because I watched it with my girlfriend, and by the end, we just like ripped the piss out of it. We kind yeah. of like watching terrible movies, and at the end, it just became something we were ripping the piss out of. So, Johnny, as someone who thinks deeply about these kinds of things, why is it that, you know, a movie can have a great ending? Lots of movies have awesome endings, but why is yeah. it that TV shows so rarely? can stick the landing. Why don't we have TV shows with great endings? There's a bunch of reasons. Talk me through. Num 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 number one reason, right, is that TV shows, fundam I've said this before to you, so I feel like, I, but I know there's people with this type of podcast, so. But fundamentally, TV shows are all about hooking you into the next episode. It's all about hooks. It's all about asking questions. Ask a question, ask a question. And they want to hook you into the next episode. They want to keep you onto the next thing. They want to keep you watching. Because this is a long thing. It's going to last for years. And a lot of writers, they're just like, yeah, we can ask these questions later. They have massive confidence in themselves. They're like, yeah, we'll just ask questions. They ask questions. And then they back themselves into, into a, a corner each time they do it. And they're like, fine, fine. It doesn't matter. Let's just keep asking questions. We've got to keep people watching, keep people watching. And then they get to the end and they're like, okay, we've asked a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. We've also fanned about for a lot mm -hmm. of this time. Yeah. How, how, first of all, a lot of them struggle to even answer the questions. And very often the answers are inadequate. Mm -hmm. And then because they've forced you to watch six seasons, seven seasons, whatever the fuck it is, they have to make everything have a sense of meaning at the end. This is why endings are important because endings kind of 
offer a, a sense of meaning that retroactively works. So but let me pause for a second there before you go on. So yeah, if we on. compare this to books and movies, what are yeah. they doing right? Like why is why can you have such a, a satisfying inhibition? A book or a movie is a singular endeavor. It's a cohesive vision, right? Mm -hmm. They also have like, they don't have this gigantic time frame to deal with, so it's easier, right? You know, I don't like the things, but it's like beginning, middle, and an end. It's much easier to keep that in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. If you were making, say, Better Call Saul, which just ended, mm -hmm. which kind of prompted this discussion. This is what, yeah, Better Call Saul is why we're talking about this, basically. And you're thinking about, like, okay, where do we want this story? They're not thinking about where that story is going to end after five, seven seasons, six seasons, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. we, we, are we trying to get to this point? Because they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about, okay, let's develop the character, right? Let's develop the world. It's all about okay. growing, growing, growing. Growing, growing, growing. But then well, what happens at the end? You, you, you can't, you know, you've asked too many questions. You've found about too much, you, you know. And you didn't have a singular focus in your mind, which if you're making a movie or if you're writing a book, you always have a singular focus. Yeah, you Usually, already have your endpoint in mind. You you, you know the... Yes, uh... it's a, and it's much more cohesive. You even have your themes, right? So this is a book about this. So even if the book is long and waffling, essentially I know what, you know what the book is about and you end it and, you know, satisfying. But a TV show just doesn't has that. It gets flabby, like in the... In when you're if you're writing the twenty fifth episode of the fourth season, mm -hmm. you're not thinking about okay, where is he going to end up at the end of this? Okay, no, here's a question: about... a lot like we we're looking at a lot of um, American shows, which obviously have mm. like twenty episodes over seven years, whatever. What yeah. about if we look at British shows where they've only got six episodes a season and they only make like three or four seasons? Are they not better? Are, are there examples there that you can think of where well, they've managed to stick the ending? Well, I don't watch a lot of British TV shows. I watch like British, uh, say comedies, right? Say the British Office, mm -hmm. which I think was pretty strong series. Well, read. And it definitely ended in a really satisfying way. I think it was like a Christmas special. Yeah. With like a hint that, uh, Ricky Gervais character kind of maybe finds some meaning in his life and ultimately is a good person and ultimately everyone can see the good in everyone else and it kind of stuck the landing I think. Wait, are you, are you sure you're describing extras and not the office? Because that sounded exactly like how he wrapped up extras with the Christmas special where... Oh, probably extras, all his stuff is the same yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> all his stuff is the same So, but you, you get it, so he could stick yeah. the landing with that but like, um, I don't know, what's another British TV show? Name another British TV show with, with not many episodes. Um, let me have a think. Let me have a think. I should say I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm just going to Google. I'm just going to Google British TV shows. But British TV shows probably follow the American model these days anyway, right? A lot more. Right, here we go. What do we got? Um, the Thick of It. Did you ever watch The Thick of It? Yes, I did. I mean, again, that's not really like. I mean, I, I don't remember it. I don't remember the ending. I don't think the ending's really relevant. There. Like, it's more like a comedy sitcom, like yeah, episode, true, true. different situation. But yeah. see, this is another problem. This is another problem. American dramas—they have these long-running things that they enjoy. Them. You know, it's like a podcast, and it just goes forever. Mm -hmm. But they can't. You know, they could. They and it, it's really. And I think also another problem is that a lot of these 
things they employ writers rules so they have basically they're written by committee so and it's much harder for a committee of writers to have a cohesive vision and, and endings are all about a cohesive vision they're all about someone having something to say and having some purpose behind all the situations having some meaning or some theme that they want to explore which one person often has but you're not going to get 20 people who agree on what the vision is 20 people can come up with a funny situation 20 people can come up with an interesting action scene 20 people can come up with a hook for the next episode 20 people are not going to come up with a meaningful ending that literally colours all the fucking hundred hours of television you've seen in a really deep and insightful way. <laughs> Why are you clapping? You fucking... You I just debunked it. writers, room. That's the you, third video from my YouTube that, channel. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Can you make the third video an attack on Hollywood writers' rooms? That's the... Like, immediately, you're just taking a big swipe. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Mate, you're killing it today. Yeah. But what do you think? Okay, what do you think? Uh spoilers, although I do I you know, I don't think spoilers should matter. I'm a bit disappointed, you know. I am a bit disappointed. Wait, wait, wait. Are we doing spo- spoilers? Because I just yeah. want to say spoiler alert, better call Saul season six. If you but listen, if you, you shouldn't care it, about spoilers. This is literally this is literally I don't think spoilers. We don't need to get matter. into that. That's your that's a whole can of worms that we don't need to get into, Johnny. I, I just think say, a story should be more than this happens and that happens and at the end that happens. Shut your whole mouth. It's Nobody indication cares. Of a, it's indication of mouth. a paper thin, thin, thin I censor you. Narrative. I censor you. Yeah. All right, go on, go on. All right. Spoilers. We're going to be talking about the last sort of season of Better Call Saul, both parts, yeah. the beginning and the ending. Um, I had a lot of hope for this season going in because Better Call Saul has been a show that I've been enjoying for you know five six years now it's got it's had some amazing writing it's had some great acting it's had some really thrilling episodes um i know some people didn't like how lawyery it was i I know that some people thought it was too like uh too interested in the judicial side of things and not like as just breakneck speed intense as Breaking Bad was. But I enjoyed Better Call Saul for what it was and all its different aspects. That sounds very generous. It sounds like you're being polite. I'm not. I, I, I really liked it. I you really, really liked the ending? No, I'm talking up to the... I'm saying right, in the past. Okay. Yeah. Now we've got the latest series, season six. Now I can tell you, I thought it was going to be better. They, I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. I feel like they had a good handle on things for quite a while. And then in the second half of the um, final season, when they came back from the break, they did something where I thought, okay, they did a time skip, which I didn't have a problem with. Some people did not like the time (laughs) skip. Some people felt the time skip was uh, glossing over, uh, was a big mistake where they glossed over stuff. Whereas I thought- jumping over the shark. Whereas I thought the time skip was fine because you can fill in the blanks yourself. You don't need to have everything spelled out to you. That was my thinking. Unfortunately, (laughs) despite all of my generosity of spirit and going along with the ride, the last four episodes were spent going in circles. It was kind of pointless. Um, It wasn't satisfying. I don't know why. It was just not good. Uh, It was just very disappointing for me. 
But still, explain still a bit more because I could moments. I could ramble on that for ages, but I want to hear your thoughts. So because it's interesting because you were actually hanging in there, even I, after the time skip. I hung I in there like, past the time skip. I think the fact that can they I, spend... can I just explain to people who have never watched Better Call Saul? Yes. The time skip. So this is a show based on a character that was in Breaking Bad, and he's like a crafty lawyer. He's like a colorful suit type lawyer who represents like scum and villainy and he's crafty and he's a liar he's like the classic stereotype of an old 90s lawyer right and this was supposed to be his backstory his whole six series was supposed to be his backstory yeah how did this man become who he is how did he become this crafty lawyer so instead this six series is him and you kind of get early on that he's always been a crafty kid he's like he's, he's scamming people in bars or whatever and then he just fell into law because his brother's a respectable lawyer. For six series, nothing happens. That's where I that's where I disagree. He with has you. a girlfriend, he's in doing a bit of law, he's not doing a bit of law. <clears throat> and then what had what they did, what they had the audacity to do. <laughs> like I can't remember in the four episodes before the end of this, right? He's living with his girlfriend. He's living with his girlfriend, he's a lawyer. He's starting up his own practice, right? He's actually a nice guy. He's a decent guy. You got this in even in Breaking Bad. He's a decent guy, but he just he just likes he understands you've got to bend the law sometimes, right? And he's he's adept at doing that. What they had the audacity to do, because they didn't actually explore how he became this guy. His, they did. They spent a lot of time exploring let me that. Just explain every the time aspect skip. of it, every then, aspect that you saw in Breaking Bad, mate. you saw the root of that in Better Call Saul. You saw him get into his suits. You saw him change his name. You saw the first time he sort of bent the law. You saw him get like increasingly corrupt and just bending more you and didn't. more each time. You did. You didn't. Yeah, what you, you said, what, ha- what they had the audacity to do? What they had the audacity to do? I don't sign off on Johnny's following comments. This is all him. No. This is all this. So, so Goodman is this shit. He's got his own practice. He's got his lovely girlfriend, who's also a lawyer. I think he's married to her at that point. To his lovely girlfriend. He's at home. He watches old movies with his girlfriend. He's like, just nice guy. You're happy for the guy. And then his girlfriend walks out because there's uh, there's some um, stuff that happens with gangs and whatever. And immediately you time skip to Saul Goodman, right, wearing in a in a tacky like Liberace style house with a prostitute next to the bed on here, next to next to him on the bed. And he gets up and he's fast talking into a Bluetooth, like being really mean and rude to people in a way that you haven't seen for six seasons. And that was just his girlfriend walks out and then it's like, and then he becomes Saul Goodman. You had six seasons to explore this this thing and they did it in a time jump. It was, I mean, I almost applaud the sheer audacity. Of like, <laughs> You're so wrong. You are so wrong. Oh, I mean, it's I think terrible. This is it's, we can, we're going to go around in circles it's on terrible, this It's terrible writing. And it's, it's terrible you, on a technical you, level. Can I use a can But I, I use have a to applaud the bravery. The I want to use a phrase which you use quite often. You know more of Crowded House songs than you think you do. Not that one. It's another one. <laughs> <laughs> you're watching it wrong. I hate to break it to you, but you're watching it wrong. If you did not pick up 
on the slippery slope that this guy mm. has been falling down for six seasons, then I don't know what to tell you. They laid down the uh, trail of breadcrumbs from the first episode to this season. And then when they did the time skip, everything was there for you to fill in the blanks. There was nothing that wasn't already set up in a previous episode. So I think you're, that's a big overreaction. I think up to that point, I was with them. Up to that point, I was yeah. with the show. It was only after that when they started introducing a whole new bunch of characters when the show has four episodes left and wasting time on shitty little scams that it just went pointless. No, no, no. I mean, like the one thing I, I, I was... We, we had this conversation before, but the one thing I, I was mentioning again and again, but there could be... There's multiple things, like the fact that he's rude. There was not rude to people or mean to people at all throughout six seasons but like so the no one, one in I'm... the history of the world has become a bit bitter after a serious breakup no one's uh no no one's ever you know well, the, one, the, one thing, the, the one big thing for me is like he wakes up next to a prostitute this is a guy who has literally no sexual appetite throughout six seasons like he's obsessed with money well he's not even obsessed with money he's actually trying to do the good thing and often he does the bad thing because he thinks he's trying to do the good thing and also they never really showed how he's really even obsessed with money that much. They tried to shove that in the last episode as well. Like, oh, all he cares about is money. That's not true. That's not true throughout six seasons. I mean, maybe when he's a kid and he's trying to get my beer money, you see that. But that's like a few scenes. None of it worked, man. Let's be honest. None of it fucking worked. It was It was really... They literally, they literally just took a big dump in your living room. I they mean, get, I can't deny that. They, they did... <laughs> Well, not that, not the time skip. I'm not going to accept that. But the rest of it, absolutely, they let me down. So, yeah, the, apparently, TV shows can't have good endings. Can I, can I write? Can I just read out what I wrote to Mr. A? Yes, you can. Because uh, Mr. A, um, uh, where he he was asking me what, what what I thought. I said I find that last episode quite funny. He said, "How so?" And I said, "In one episode, they had Saul getting caught defending himself." then decided to find himself in jail to save Kim. Thank him for giving him. Multiple location, multiple states of mind, all in one episode. It was like someone rushing to fit everything in before a deadline. Those sorts of things, they would have stretched over an entire season previously. Saul defending himself from impossibly solid charges would have been a whole season right there. And now they did it in, in five minutes. That was what I wrote to, to Mr. A. Yeah, and, um, I and, agree with you 100%. That, like, the last episode was a joke. It was not... It was just not good. It was not It was good. insane. They couldn't even... They couldn't even plan out the last season properly. Oh, I don't I know. mean, literally, were they literally just, like, coming into the office every day and going, like, all right, well, let's waffle on a bit. All right, let's waffle on a bit. Oh, now we've got one episode. Oh, we still haven't hit any of the bullet it's points. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so lazy. These... I tell you, the... the the people who have so much power to write and, and make TV shows. They're, they're getting so lazy, man. They are, they're getting so crap at what they do. It's so lazy. But I will say this about Bill Corsol. It's a really nice ASMR show. It's all about process, isn't it? It's like yeah. every step of everything that they do on that show, they show you step by step. Somebody opening a door, somebody doing a coffee, As someone a, driving yes, the car. Yes. And at every step, you've got a sound mixer sitting there throwing sound in mixer. the sounds of every single step. And yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really like, I don't know. I do it's, like it's a very unique style. You don't really get that much elsewhere. 
I do like that. I mean, you know, it was basically the writers just uh, saying, here, cinematographer and sound engineer, you do all the work. Yeah, you guys like have some... some fun. Have some fun with this. <laughs> and they did. And they actually they actually did good work. They actually did good work. There's there's one episode that opens with, like, ties falling onto the ground. Do you remember this scene? Yeah, yeah, I remember. And I remember thinking, wow, that's actually quite beautiful. And I don't know how they did that. It must take so much effort. It was like, it actually looks quite nice just to see these yeah, fabrics I falling. That. And it's a lot And they of were stuff all so like colourful, yeah. And I thought, oh, that's, that's really nice. I do like this. You don't see this. This is what you'd kind of expect from like a really nice movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. So tonally, it's quite different. Even for if there's one thing the show was great at, it was the visual style and the audio style. Like the, the length yeah. they went to is very unusual for a TV show. Like that what was. What did you think? What did you think of the music? Because I'm I'm noticing music. I don't know if it's just because I've got so many plugins now and I'm messing around with so many like synths and shit myself that I'm noticing it. Mm-hmm. But I did notice a lot of the music in the final season. I don't know if it's because it was noticeable or it's because of me. What do you I, think? It was, you of, it was much more noticeable. It was much more noticeable. It wasn't like that in the previous seasons. Um, when they did the skip forward and then they spent the whole time in black and white, anytime yeah. they started doing those scams... They had those weird little music cues that sounded almost like goofy 1950s music. And it it felt very strange because it's like, it's not a style that the show had used much before. What would the show use before? I didn't even notice the Before it was just, um, they rather than having a soundtrack, they had more like just songs being used. And it was like real songs and real music that was being used in montages and used in the background of scenes. That's very interesting. So it wasn't just me. No, it was just this last season where they suddenly started doing that much more. And I di- it, di- it didn't really work for me. Interesting. See, dear listener, Liban actually thinks about music in movies. We had this conversation as well a while ago. He actually, um, you know, he has favourite film soundtracks. He likes film soundtracks. He likes Hans Zimmer. Why do you say that like it's an attack? Like it's not a good thing to like hands up. <laughs> I just want you to hear your response. I do find it interesting because I never think about that, but I was thinking about it recently because of the plugins and I noticed there's so much film stuff. It's like, you know, going to some of those forums where they're pirating plugins and they really talk about film music. And you you posted something about some uh, some yeah, film music for, for some reason, I was just uh, browsing around the internet and I came across this forum where 10 years ago there was a massive controversy because um, I think there is this forum where film composers and TV composers hang out and um, basically they got into a massive argument about John Williams and, uh, and Hans Zimmer and this guy wrote like a 10,000 word post where he yeah. was just slamming Hans Zimmer in every aspect. He was insulting him, his work, his work ethic, his his like music and the way that he sort of doesn't come from like a classical ed- music education where he was just a guy who was in a bunch of bands and then went from... Being- oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, he didn't go to music school. He was just he was just a guy who was in bands and then started making movie music like and like Trent Reznor. Like that as well. yeah, 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 yeah. So well, anyway, there was this massive yeah. controversy which I linked to Johnny, and it just really is is yeah, hilarious yeah. how how much these people care. 
Fucking well, crazy the things. I, Absolute I craziness. I found a funny controversy as well after that. Yeah. Do you remember the West World? Oh, yes. Yeah. I yeah, found out about this competition. We should just have, you know what, this show from now on, we should just have a thing where we dig up controversies in hobbyist communities. Because these just, forums and these communities them. of like small, like intensely yeah. focused people, yeah. they get riled up. They get so they angry. Mate, I could tell you about audiophile community. <laughs> I'm about to cause one. I mean, I I promise you, we could pick any community. Like, let's say the people who are into knitting. Knitting, yeah. We could pick knitting as a topic, and we could find a forum of top knitting people. No, no, I actually know about knitting. I know about certain controversies. Is it? You already know. I think I read... What the fuck is wrong with you? I read a big (laughs) article once about... um, What was it? I think it was something about like, something political, like it was something. It was you know when everyone was like canceling each other over political stuff, and mm-hmm. something like that. So the knitting community turned against itself. I found an I found another controversy that yeah. um, a plugin producer, Spitfire Audio, mm-hmm. uh, teamed up with Westworld, the TV show, the TV HBO show. TV show Westworld, and they asked people to produce to uh, score, make a bit of music for a clip from the TV show, and mm-hmm. the best score would win, like, $20,000 worth of, of music, yeah. which I could have literally pirated within three minutes. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> and somehow you're still the victim, huh? <laughs> but no, I think people, <clears throat> I'll be honest, I think people did that because they wanted the exposure, because it was going to get be judged by big shots. Well, uh, JJ Abrams was one of the guys who was supposed to judge it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they they a lot of people put their heart and soul into scoring, and they really, you know, because there's a lot of people out there who genuinely, a lot of old guys as well. Mm-hmm. And um, he ended up getting one. I mean, Google it. Google Westworld Spitfire competition winner. He got one by a guy mm-hmm. who basically did like an eight bit soundtrack. Like and, it sounds like a Super Nintendo music, and that's that's what eight bit and sixteen bit is. It's that old like, uh, yeah. it's video game sounding music from the nineties yeah. when you used to have the original Nintendo and the original Super Nintendo, and it was just that bleep blop bloop 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 yeah, bloop yeah. that sound that sound. To be fair, it was terrible because you know they would never put anything like that in a TV show. Mm-hmm. Secondly, even if they would put it in a TV show. It would be really crap and kind of overpower the scene. The scene was crap as well, but everyone was outraged because you know they're all they're putting lovingly orchestrated strings and brass together, and they got very angry. And then they found out the guy had worked for JJ Abrams, but he said he didn't really work; he was just an assistant. And then they, <laughs> and then they were like talking about the analytics, and they were like, "How comes they were supposed to judge?" And I'm seeing my analytics; no one even watched my. Uh, promotion video and then mm. and then the guy from spitfire released a video and if there's one thing that wound me up about the whole thing i didn't yeah. care i was just entertained it was the guy from spitfire order coming out and saying you know he won because he was original he won because he he took a break and i hate people who say crap like that no, that's who, you that's you that's you're the guy you're the guy who's always talking about how important originality and novelty is that's your number one stance yeah and when you when I say it, you know I mean it. I live by my word. Do I yeah. not? 
You do. So tell me, how does how does this? I get annoyed. I when, don't get when, it. I get annoyed when guys like that say it, because first of all, I will tell you this: nobody involved in that whole competition is in any way original. <laughs> Westworld is not an original show by definition. It's based on a seventies franchise. It's just the same Nolan, Christopher Nolan, Cobbledygook, Spitfire Audio. Their plugins are literally like the same crap you can get from everywhere. It's like strings plugins or a tape recorded piano. It's like there's nothing original about their plugins. Mm -hmm. And then all the all the composers, none of them are original. Like eight bit sounds. That's a gimmick. That's not original. You know, so really. this guy did not have the right to use such a powerful line. He did not line. have the right, yes. And the, I got really the powerful angry. line about originality, <clears throat> it's not for him to say. He appropriated he your culture, right. John. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We need to cancel this guy. What's his name? I don't remember his name, but I remember okay. his face for sure. This I remember guy. his face. If I see his face in a plugin <laughs> video, I'm not pirating it. <laughs> I will pirate I won't pirate it. Whatever will hurt him the most. You, you email him specifically and just be like, bro, I hate you so much. I'm not going to pirate your plugin. It just annoyed because he was like there. It was just such a cheesy video as well. He's like sitting on this like Scottish countryside with his dogs. You just tell that kind of a lovely lie. <laughs> like, this is the first time he's had to. He's like had to. And he makes this video. He's like, oh, it's all about taking risks. He's all about this. I'm like, mate. Come, come off it. You're talking about taking risks. Give me a break. You don't know what it means. <laughs> don't know what it means, taking risks. Give me a break. I, I, I do hate that. Don't you, you've noticed people who say this, that sort of stuff. I've seen right? it. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's usually, be yourself, it's be usually original. people who are very shameless about yeah they're, yeah, they're they're a shameless bunch because they ain't got nothing original to say. But they they have these slogans. They it's a it's a nice slogan. Yeah, and I don't go around saying it a lot. Like you have to get to know me very well and we'll actually be talking. And I never say it about myself. I always say it about like, I like this because I like it. I like just originals. Anyway, uh, but that was a, that was a hilarious controversy, that whole thing. Oh, we've so got to find much some more. Anger. We've got so to find anger. some more. And that one was good because it was mostly like older guys who I guess are retired, but fancy that they can now start a career in <laughs> scoring uh, films and stuff. And so they have a particular tone to their anger, where mm. it's all like very polite and trying to make themselves sound a bit, a bit smarter than they are, trying to get very wordy. I mean, like if you go onto like um, that video, you'll see YouTube actually, comments. Actually, like, one thing that you've not mentioned is the fact that Hans Zimmer, the man and the legend and the god of yeah. movie soundtracks himself got involved in this controversy oh, when, yeah. when he, under a pseudonym uh, in one of the forums, went in and posted defending yeah. the winner and criticising the people who were sort of, uh, you know, uh, being petty and aggressive. And people, like, as soon as they found out that that was Hans Zimmer, suddenly everybody changed their tone and started being very different. <laughs> Did they? I don't know if they... Maybe probably they did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they probably are like a bunch of... Yeah, suddenly everybody was very respectful and very like, oh, well done for winning, brother. Yeah, mate. Terrible. I would never enter a competition like that. would never enter a competition like that.
And uh, speaking of things that you must never do, never ever, ever, ever do, is you must never take six weeks to edit a single episode and then keep all of your listeners waiting. Because I've been watching the analytics and this podcast blowing up. I don't know if I don't know if you think you're the only person who listens to this. If you think you're special, you're not special. I've been looking at analytics and we've got we've got as many people as you could possibly imagine in as far flung locations as you could possibly imagine. My God, things are things are really kicking off now, aren't they? So, I'd like to personally apologise for taking six weeks. Johnny's been hounding me. Our friendship is strained. We've almost, we've almost come to blows. If, if we'd been in the same country, he would have come to my house with a cricket bat and beaten me up for how long I've taken to answer this. I mean, I'm so distracted that I'm literally getting WhatsApp messages as I'm recording this. That's how little I care anymore. I've given up. I don't know why, because I was so excited about this. Look at that, again. Another WhatsApp message. I've got other stuff going on, you guys. <laughs> I've got other stuff going on. This is no longer a priority. So, <clears throat> when is the next episode going to come out? If it took me six weeks of Johnny's relentless hounding, and if I can tell you something, this guy is relentless. He is a bloodhound. He will track me down via email, via phone, via telegram, via WhatsApp, via social media like Twitter. And he, he found like accounts I had on websites I forgot about and sent me messages on them just to tell me to get out of my, you know, get out of bed, pull out your thumb, get to work, you silly sod. So six weeks of hounding, he finally managed to get me to edit this episode. Okay, that's done. The next episode, which we've yet, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret, we've yet to even record. When will that possibly come out? Well, my friends, if you email us, it'll come out quicker. But if you don't, my God, I've got a lot of fun stuff going on in my life. I'm going to have a good time. I'm having such a good autumn, you don't even realise. In conclusion, it might come out soon. It might come out at Christmas. Who knows at this rate? Um, I wish you well. I want you to have a good time. Yeah, guys, please join me in having a good time. Look around. Hug your loved ones. Go fucking go dancing. Go for a jog. Go watch a great movie. Enjoy life. There's a lot of good shit happening. There's uh, a cost of living crisis and, you know, the pound is worth nothing and we're all going to die soon from a cold winter. But aside from all of that... These are good times. These are grand times. Um, okay, bye. Have a good week. Ciao. Lots of love. Mwah. Feliz Navidad.